Hey everybody, welcome back to For the Long Haul Podcast. Um, just maybe I want to make a quick note before we begin today's episode is that Seth's not on the podcast anymore. He was working on another project. I think it's another podcast. He just, and he thought it would be better if he just stepped away from this one uh, so he can put more of his energy towards that one, that one, which we completely understand. And, you know, we wish him the best of luck and there's no bad blood between me or Blaine and Seth and all that. We're still good friends. We're still... Uh, talk every day so we and of course whenever he launches that uh, we'll let you guys know what it is so you guys can go check him out and all that but anyway today's episode is going to be part one of a mini series we'll call, we're calling job searching 101 Blaine kick it off all right so part one of the mini series the resume so we're saying first off what is a resume and why is it important obviously got to approach right from the beginning and uh, I mean, if you've ever thought about looking at a job or going to a job, especially if you're listening to someone's in, you know, in high school, uh, but typically, I mean, you, you need a resume to apply to any job, basically, unless yeah. you're somebody's, you know, that you know, like, hey, can help me do some work. But yeah. talking about your typical W two, you're paid by an employer job, yeah. and not just cash job. And uh, but most oftentimes, no matter where you're going to go, even if you're going to go work at the grocery store. As an employee, your first, very first job, you still need to have a resume of yeah. some sort. And uh, all the way to getting through college, and then it just gets more complex from there. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's super important, which is why we're, we decided to kept, come through this topic to express some things that we've learned. Because I've been through college, and I've been in classes that greatly, in detail, kind of explain the resume as part of some of my classes and the importance of it. And I've learned things myself. With having a resume, and I even was a manager, a store trainer at a grocery store I worked at in my town, and uh, I would interview people on the first round of interviews for a position, and you know if it was a more skill demanding position, I would look at their skill set, and we'll kind of get into that stuff later. So I have kind of experience around the board, and yeah. uh, on this topic. And you know me coming from like you know going from like a waiting job to more of a. Um, office setting and all that like they weren't gonna have well like you know if you go to a restaurant go to a grocery store and all that they, those places typically tend to have like you know little resumes or little applications that you fill out but you know as you get like to you know more like high level high paying jobs they typically want to have that for you so you know i had to kind of like i knew what a resume i knew what a resume was i had it already made because some places i applied to back when I was in high school and all that, and just right out of high school, didn't have those, like, you know, applications. So I made one out just in case. And then, you know, I looked back and I was like, you know what, I'm going to need to beat this up, make this look better so that way I can get a better paying job and all that because, you know, I was kind of getting tired of the restaurant business and all that. And that actually made me look up how to make a resume, which, you know, everybody, I've been told a little bit how to make a resume, what you should do, because there's all websites that you can go to make a resume and there's also, if you go to Word, then go to Templates. Yes. Those templates you can use, which I think is what I end up using to make the current resume I have at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's templates on Word. I, uh, I'm i a big avid fan of the Google suite of project, uh, products. And so... Do they have just, one, though? Yeah. And okay. so, in terms of, like, the competitor Word, they call it Google Docs. Is, is that, was that your question? No, no. They it's... have templates. No, do they have a, a resume templates? Yeah, they have templates. Oh, I never noticed those. Yeah, so they have a resume template, and that's one that I've used that I liked. It. It was it was simple, but added a little bit of like 
some differences and maybe fonts here and there to yeah. make things stand out to where it's not all the same all the way through. So yeah. your person who's reviewing your resume could easily see your different sections because you only have you have a very limited time. I mean, you may have five seconds on your resume to be the one that they're going to look further into or gloss over and look at the next, like yeah. literally three to five seconds. And uh, because if they're going through a hundred applications that and they're looking for a specific skill set, if they don't, if they can't look through there on like your first page and see what they need to see, and you just then you don't stand out. They're going to move to the next and put you in the I don't think so pile. Yeah. And then you you know you missed your opportunity. Yeah. Okay. So since you were manageable, what usually caught your eye whenever you had people that like you know gave you a resume and all that. Well, drawing directly from my experience of working in that grocery store, so we hired a lot of first-time job mm-hmm. people and, and people who had jobs as well. Uh, but, I mean, it was common that we would hire people that never had a job before, and so they had no work history, but they would, uh, you know, fill out applications. So, typically, we wouldn't have a resume from them, but you're basically making one when you fill out an application because you have to fill in all your work history and everything. Yeah. So, it's essentially we streamline to where we always have the same looking resume and knew where to look for the exact information, basically. Just like when you apply to other jobs, you most likely, and when you're doing it online, even though you submit a resume, you have to go fill in all the information again, which is kind of annoying, but that's just the way it is. But uh, things that I would look for, so if it was just a standard position, like we would hire a lot for, like our people on the front of bag groceries, or maybe our cashiers, and those ones are pretty standard, turnover would, you know, they'd run around, and, you know, we'd lose people, bring some more people in, and you didn't have to have any kind of experience to be in there. But, you know, obviously if you had some, it was neat. But things I would look for in there would essentially come down to if they had anything extra they could add, mm-hmm. and uh, like their extracurricular activities were neat, if they didn't have any experience at all. And um, so like if they said like, oh, A honor roll, I'm like, oh, well, this is a good kid. And uh, that's actually what, because uh, I remember, uh, sorry to cut you off, because I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my dad is a business owner. I remember that's actually one thing he ended up did looking for most of the times whenever he was hiring kids is um, extracurriculars. Like typically when he did hire people that were like in sports and all that too, because typically those were the ones that were more active and all that. And like, you know, less likely just to be lazy and sit around and do nothing. See, yeah. And I think that's a good point uh, because when I thought about it, I was like extracurriculars, like that's not going to do me anything. And, uh, but I mean, when you're going to get your first job, that stuff's good. So tell them you're in band. And or like anything, like, you know, just like make it seem like you're, uh, outgoing and all that. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's a good point because it tells them, Hey, I do stuff. I don't just go to school and do the minimum and then mm-hmm. just go home and do nothing. You know, you're in the foot, you're in football. So you go to practice, obviously you're in bands, so you band practice. You have to be dependable mm-hmm. again. And you know, you run tracks, so you're disciplined. Like those, what those things mean when you're getting that first job. Yeah. And this isn't exactly something like what we're talking about for a first job here too. It'll maybe help you chisel where you are going mm-hmm. to your next, or make your resume for, for your next job. But, um, so those are like some of the things I would look for because they don't have experience at the beginning. Other things that I would look for, which is something you can't really control uh, if you have something of this nature, but would be things like, uh, things that happen legally to you. Like maybe you got, um, Anything above like a Class C misdemeanor has to be on your application. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, I do believe. 
and uh, something like that, especially like if you have like a felony, they typically always want to know. But I will say, from my experience with hiring, even hiring some people in that area, uh, we've had people like you. You could probably you could maybe get hired if you didn't say anything, but you will then get fired because we do a background check. Yeah. Everyone does a background check. You have to be transparent on your resume. Oh, yeah. Because if you get, because what's the point of you getting that job? And they're gonna they're gonna let you go in two weeks. So you you have a, maybe a chance if you do at least be transparent with that, even though it may not be as good based on the various positions. I mean, like also it's like but, you know looks bad on you because you know you hit something. And they can to you, like, you know be you so just you coming just, up and be like, yeah. hey, uh, this uh, then you just being up straightforward. And you then, drastically just destroyed your. Character it, as they think that's what I was trying to think. So you oh. now have become a significantly less trustworthy person. Like, well, he lied on the day one to get here. I'm supposed to trust him to maybe handle money or you know things yeah. like this. Because like my dad, uh, he was always you know like he always give somebody a second chance if he saw something like that on them. But you know mm-hmm. if you know if he did a background check or something, then find out about it, he'd be like, okay, you just you have my trust and all that. Now you don't. Now you don't. Why should I have you in my staff if? You do trustworthy things like, yeah. you know, at the night do all the chores and work by yourself when you could probably cut corners. Well, now I think your 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 character is in question. You're yeah. not trustworthy at all. Now you lied just to get here. Yeah. And that's just the step one. You're supposed to keep making steps. Yeah. And uh, so there's some things. Let's see if I can think of maybe another point. Now let's go to people with history with jobs. So... Um, like a wait, like my dad went over because he ran a restaurant and all that. And if he saw that you had that he, anybody that ever applied to him had restaurant experience, like it, whether it be the kitchen busboy, uh, hostess, waiter, and that typically tend to put them a little bit more above on the list because that's typically what he was looking for. So say you know, binding them. Yeah. So you know, say you're you're going to. Uh, Walmart and you previously worked at Kroger as a cashier and they're looking for cashiers That's also another thing that's gonna like oh hey Well plain, plain and simple that if you're going to work at a certain position and you have direct experience for that You're become a prime candidate Yeah, because less time training you and all that which yes. means less uh, money to tr- for, to, for trainees Yeah, well, companies spend a lot of money hiring people Yeah, and uh, then you know, well I mean like people training them, you know because typically, if you train somebody at a job, you get like a little extra money for those days of training them. Well, you talk about you would. I'm talking about from a company and like a corporation perspective. Like I see what you're saying. I didn't receive extra money. I just got paid hourly. But maybe you did because it impacted your tips in your service industry. Is that well, what you're saying? Well, typically, from one of my experience at being a waiter, typically, if um, if you're training somebody, you typically get um. Um, the, the, your boss is like, hey, hey, train somebody. Uh, your food for the shift, if you want to get anything, is free, and so is for the trainee too. Make sure you tell them, mm-hmm. and they do that for two different reasons: for the put the train on, you know, because they're doing something extra. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's a way of them giving them money of like, you know, them like, hey, you did a good job. Here's something for doing this, and the trainee to do that for, so that way they can test the menu and all that. Yes. But also at my current job, I know whenever we have a photographer, uh, I think whenever the photographers are training somebody, I think they get paid a little bit extra okay. as training hours and all that. So it honestly depends on the job too. So I see what you're saying, but I'm coming from the perspective on terms of a corporation or a business, an entity that runs and pays people to work there. Yeah, I'm talking about the one of the most 
expensive things as a business is training and hiring new people. Is one of the most expensive things. Because if it doesn't work out, then boom, you just wasted That's an money. investment. They're investing in the people, and to lose people is expensive because you pay to train those people. So when you lose them, you this time you invested, which equates to a dollar value because of how much hourly you spent to be yeah. trained. And other things like paperwork, bookkeeping, accounting, uh, all that stuff goes out the window. They go somewhere else. And they take your time. They, all that time and training you paid for them, if they go to another competing company you basically paid for them to be good at another place yeah i think that actually happened with one of our friends too so kind of good was so that's an example so the companies they want to find someone that's going to be good mm-hmm. and hopefully hire them and obviously work there as long as possible and because that's the goal that's going to make them the most money in the long run yeah uh, okay so okay so blaine has his resume put up and he's going to tell us what he's had on his current resume as an example of what you can put on your resume too. So right now, it's, yeah, we're finishing out on like what you should have on your resume. So I mean, first and foremost, look up some examples online to mm-hmm. get you that's an idea. Too. That's how I started. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, I was in a class to help me kind of prepare. They maybe showed us some, but essentially, they what they said was look online for examples. And don't forget, you guys. The most important thing is the name, your name, and contact info. Yeah, you need to put your name, contact info on I'm going to make that as a joke, because, you know, when I would teach us, it was like, whose paper is this? No name? No name? You don't want to be that person, because they'd be like, oh, this looks like an amazing resume. And they I, don't even know who you are. Like, yeah. If they can't remember your name, then what's, then they can't, they're not going to call you. Uh, so, of course, all that stuff on there. I actually, going through here, at the top of it, you'll see some examples your, your last position, basically, you can put on there, yeah. and uh, which is what I have on mine. And then the contact information and email address is sometimes necessary, even though typically I, I you s- do it online. I say no matter what, just always put the email address on. Now, one thing I've seen is about the address. Uh, I will, and this is kind of a can or maybe shouldn't, but I've seen don't put the address on there. So if you're applying for a place that's, let's say, an hour and a half, two hours away, it's a little too far, but maybe you know, obviously you may be willing to move or maybe drive a short time, but then move. And uh, but a lot of companies think this guy's. They might think he's too far away. I don't. Want I have him too far never away. heard of that before. I read an article about it because I mean, if I'm an employer, I'm like, well, this guy's an hour and forty five minutes away. I'm concerned how far away he lives potentially. And I've even seen some job listings on LinkedIn. They say we're only hiring people who live in Fort Worth. They do not want them to be far away. Okay, to an exciting account, see why, so, but that does seem a little odd. And so, I mean, they have they have the ability to have discretion on whether or not they choose that. If you provide yeah. the information, they can judge you based on it. Yeah, true. And so, I have it on mine, and honestly, I should probably just take it off. Um, because if I'm applying to them, they ought to assume that I live in, you know. But one thing it did say is not just take it off, I think. It said, like, put the area. So, if it says Fort Worth on the uh, the job posting where it's at... Put Fort Worth in your resume, because if you're not that far, you because what what does it matter? If, as long again, as you get to the job and you're supposed to be there at eight, you're supposed to leave at six. That doesn't matter as long as you get there. Like you, you're obviously willing to drive an hour, let's say, to get there. Okay, see, the only problem I can think of that is that they do not end up going finding out where you live anyway because of whenever you fill out your double T and all that. Yeah. So then at that can, point, you have the job. Yeah. Uh, I don't. You shouldn't be judged based on your your address. Like they shouldn't say, "Well, I don't want." No, I completely agree with you, but that's just odd. I've never really seen that anywhere. Because here's the thing: like, especially if you live in the surrounding area, but it seems kind of far. I mean, technically, when I tell anyone where I live, I say Fort Worth. That's what I say. We're on the edge of Fort Worth. 
we're technically 30 minutes away from the mm-hmm. edge of Fort Worth, but, you know, if you're telling anyone besides people who live in nearby towns, you tell them, eh, Fort Worth, Dallas. Yeah. So they know where the heck you are. And so I, I, I don't think it's I see that's, unfair. I see that's one you use at your own discretion. So maybe consider that. Yeah. Uh, that was something interesting that I've seen. I haven't changed mine yet, but I read that and I was like, that's a really good point. And now that I've thought about it, because I've seen LinkedIn listings strictly say we're only looking at applicants who live in Fort Worth. Hmm. Well, what about me? I live in Granbury. I'm no, I'm going to move to Fort Worth. Does that mean I'm not qualified to be here? Maybe. So then that would be an example. Maybe you take off that address. Maybe it could be based off the job too. Who knows? Well, so it shouldn't matter as long as you. No, no, I completely agree with you one hundred percent. I mean, we're probably talking about some general, you know, jobs here, like you nine to five. You know, yeah. I mean, it could be an evening or a morning thing, but long. I mean, you're driving there. You're gonna get there. So, I mean, I solely believe that that shouldn't affect your candidacy. As long as you can get there, as long as you have reliable transportation. So let's, oh, yeah. let's move on. Um, so um, so let's go. I'm just going to go through my headers real quick. I'm not going to talk about what's in them. So based on what you're applying for, you may want to customize, and we're going to bring up this point here in a little bit. Uh, but we're just going to talk about what my different sections are in my resume. And you'll see this when you look up some online. I've got skills uh, at the beginning. Then I have education, my highest form of education. So if you've got college some college and a high school degree, well, you gotta have a high school to get into college. So leave off the high school, just your college. If you have a good GPA, at least 3.0 or higher, you should include that. If it's under 3.0, sometimes you may try to just like leave that off. Uh, but three, I've read that 3.0 or higher is, you know, you still did good. And um, and then experience is the next the next section on there. So you're, this is where you're gonna go through all your past work experience. And that also does include internships if anybody's done any kind of internships with any kind of company beforehand. Even too. if it's non-paid, that's the point to yeah. gain experience with internships. So that includes that. So that's the only place you've been to is you're going to college and you had an internship. Boom, that's your experience at internship. And uh, so there I go through all there, got my work history on there. Uh, you wanna go through and summarize that work history and but you don't want to be too long. But I think we may come back through and we're going to cover that again on don'ts for the resume. Also, this is actually something I just thought of too that you should include on it. Like, but mm. So you know how you said whenever you... Usually people do the last three jobs okay. as a job history. Mm. But so you had your job number four was a management position. You want to include management skills or something like that on your resume somewhere, even though it's like, you know... Man, no, I've been one That'd of the last jobs. Yeah, cause because you have like, a lot of job history. You can't put it all on there. And if you have manage, managing experience in any kind of job, that does help out a lot because it does show your core employees, like, this guy, he can be a leader. Mm-hmm. He's responsible. He was good enough at one job to get all the way up to manager. I will say that. And it does typically give you more responsibility yeah. to do. Luckily, at our age, I think ideally we can get away with putting several things on there. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to consider how you're gonna put the info. You may have to make it shorter in your chunks. Like I have bullet points between mine. I have like six bullet points per job, four to six, based on the complexity of it and how easy it was for me to put it all together. Yeah. You know, explanation of a bullet point. But um, given that where we are now, I think that you know some people even our age have like far went through six jobs already. But you can kind of. Put your most recent ones on there, but yeah, if you have one that was the key experience you need for this next job, it needs to be within your your history. It needs to be, or it needs to be somewhere that you've had experience in that before, somewhere on your on your like yeah. resume, like so, highlighted especially. So my next, my next, uh, well, it's not necessarily highlighted; it's just in there. 
because uh, you don't like. Well, you want to make it like I, I didn't mean like hella hella. You know, I just, just mean make it included. noticeable, noticeable. Like you know, ponder well, force on the skill list or something like that. Well, you're typically uh, on your skill list. Yeah, you could maybe put that in your skill like list. Like management experience. Management you know? experience, and that'll heighten their eye maybe. And, uh, and then you can go through because typically your experience you're supposed to put it between most recent down yeah and so you can't just be like boom that's on the top and then you know usually you always put the dates and all that too yeah estimated. so that's what I have on mine and we're and so next I got my last three uh, basically little sections I've got awards from different awards I've gotten my certifications from typically doing any kind of like things on the side yeah. like becoming Adobe uh, Photoshop certified things like that and organizations that I was a part of and uh, and that's pretty good. People like that for jobs, organizations. I was in one for a very short period of time because somebody asked me to, but I had no intentions to be in one. I was working full time. Yeah. I was way too busy, and I said I ain't got time for it. But I managed to be in one that was a very little time investment, and it just got to make my res- my my um my resume just looked that much better. And I I hardly did anything, but I helped manage it. And then yeah. though, so now on the opposite side of this, which you shouldn't have on your resume now. You know, we're talking about like, you know, resume is basically, you know, resume is basically like, you know, you're hyping yourself up. It's like, you know, saying, hey, look at me, you know, but you don't want to put everything like, especially depending on the kind of job you go for. Like, so, so when I left waiting and went into my other job, I'm now a photo editor, but um, I didn't want to put like, you know, I didn't put in any useless information for my other jobs that they didn't need to know about, like. Because like whenever you're waiting on that, you need to be TABC certified, food handlers license, and some and like you know stuff like that. My current job, I knew they didn't need to know any of that, so I didn't include that. So like you know, you include the other things that yeah, may have been like somewhat managerial functions that you did. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So like you know, like or say like you know you have any licenses yeah. or like you know some um um certifications that won't exactly help you and just take up space you don't exactly need to put them on that like you know mm-hmm. and then you know once you get to a certain point you can kind of like you know just start removing some stuff off replacing it with some other stuff or you know just the way you bought it because mm-hmm. like because like you know i was when i was writing my resume down for my coin job i was like they don't need to know i have a food handles license because doesn't matter not at any point yeah exactly would <laughs> not that at matter? any point in that job as a uh real estate photography editor make yourself yeah. make a job sound better yeah it's like you know or like you know i won't they don't need to know i had a food handles license i'm tbc certified any of that so yeah redundant skills with, with what you're applying don't don't have in there like irrelevant information because yeah. you only have so much ability to grab their attention and if you're telling them all these skills you have is why you're a good chef but you're applying to become a photographer it doesn't match yeah or like um or like one thing I was doing is because I put up an old resume I had and I was modifying it and I saw like I had the high school stuff on it. I was like, you know what? It doesn't need to know any of my high school stuff anymore. So I just delete that. Like, you know, maybe a couple of years ago to your resume, see if you can delete any unnecessary information or any unnecessary fat to make it like, you know, look, look more nice and, you know, up to date. And, you know, I was like, I updated and all that too and got rid of what I didn't need. So, you know, that's something people I don't think realize. I didn't, but you know, we need to, you know, like Wayne said, just like get up on the same phone on it. All right. So, uh, so what are the things that you should not have on your resume? So unnecessary info. That's honestly, I think it's probably one of the largest ones. Yeah. Because you have to, you need to make your resume apply to where also, you're going to. So like basically kind of customize. Don't, I just realized this, don't 
if you have like your weird email like hardbills cheetos96 at gmail.com make another one what would you say like hard like if you have an email that's something like yeah a non-professional email yeah i, I see some of those and like really you would put this on a resume yeah because i just remembered um i just remember a, a situation where that happened once like something well yeah, to offend on me like crazy things yeah. like i'm the man 69 or something like yeah. that's not professional I mean, it can't it can be other things. Like, like, you I, mean, know, my, I have several emails that are my name. Yeah, same but right. I mean, something someone. that's clearly not professional. You should consider maybe having a different one. Yeah, and I would for sure consider that because I mean, if they see your email, they're gonna immediately just be like, "What? That's that's kind of yeah. not professional," and they're gonna you know they're gonna have some judgment of character at that point. Yeah. So now another one is this is something I actually kind of realized whenever I was looking for another job was um, multiple resumes now. Whenever I was looking for a new job, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to go into. I had several different ideas, and what ended up happening was, based on what I was um, sending an application out for, whether it was like to be an editor, to be a salesman, to be uh, something else, I can't remember what it was. Like I kind of modified my resume to fit that a little bit more, since whenever I was doing the sales one, I did more like saying, hey, I used to also be a... Okay, so whenever I used to work for GameStop, I can't remember my title technically, but, um, you know, it was basically, you know, I was just trying to sell people stuff, like, you know, sell them games, consoles, warranties, etc., etc. So it was like, I used to work at GameStop, you know, I used to be able to have to sell people this, 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 get people in the information on this. And then, you know, whenever I did, like, you know, it was like, I used to work at Dunkin' Donuts, I used to work at El Chico's, and I said, like, you know, then, you know, I went to a little bit of the job description, I was like, I made it sound like, you know, my parent things that all those jobs was to sell, 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 which to an extent all three of those boards just sell, sell, sell. But you're not trying to make it sound like I was really good at selling stuff, making the people buy stuff that they don't exactly need or want, by convincing them they need or want. You have the capability of taking like your past history and making it sound like it really goes well with the yeah. job you're looking for. And you use you just use words in the right way that you're not lying, but you can age yourself you can, where it definitely you, seems you can like, like... You're not lying, but you're twisting it, the truth a little bit. I wouldn't want to say twist the truth exactly it sounds dishonest, but I wasn't, that was part of your job. Because I wasn't a salesman or anything but at any other jobs. But, yeah, that's right. So you had to really work on that yeah. experience to try to use that as something. And uh, I, I wouldn't say twisting the truth because that sounds dishonest. Yeah. You are telling the truth. You were supposed to sell. But you're, you're focusing strictly on those sales skills, yeah. and you're emphasizing those because you're looking for that sales job. Yeah. But at, as he was mentioning, multiple resumes, yes, uh, I've seen that recommended, and which is the truth, because if your resume doesn't make sense, like becoming a photographer and you're a chef, and you, all you do is talk about your chef skills, that's not a, that's how you're going to get a photographer job. Yeah. You talk about how good of a cook you are. You don't cook food when you take pictures. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, so essentially, multiple resumes, yes, but it's only necessary uh, with changing your different fields, essentially. You can go through and customize every resume, especially if it's a job that you really want. Definitely customize it and make it just for that job. Yeah. But in terms of you wanting to apply to several different companies in the same maybe sales sector, and uh, then maybe you just make a sales-based resume. And then now you have that one, and you can just send that to when you're applying to your sales positions. And then you want to do a photography, maybe, because you're you know you're unsure about what path you want to take for a career. Yeah. And then you can make a photography-based resume, and then you send that one out with your photography companies or whatever. Yeah. 
And so multiple resumes, that's a good idea because you need to be relevant to what you're applying to. Yeah. Otherwise, why would I call you if you look like you have not even a clue what a camera is? Yeah. You have, I mean, obviously, sometimes you don't have any work experience, so you're going to have to do your best. You have to convey that you have gained skills in the past. Like what my old teacher used to say that I still think is kind of relevant, and especially to this, is like resume is basically you're tooting your own horn, you know, you're saying, hey, look at me, uh, I'm, I'm really good and all that. So, you know, whenever, especially if you don't have any work experience on the song, like career you're trying to get into or whatever, you're just basically trying to teach your horn and make it seem like you're really good and, you know, what, you, what you're doing, even if you have you no go. clue what you're doing. There you go. So I guess one thing will come out, this is going to be another point that I'm going to bring up in our part two, which is going to be the job hunt, which is going to be the next one after this one in the mini-series Job Searching 101. But I'm going to bring up quantity versus quality, which I'm also going to talk about just a tiny bit right here. But essentially, you know, you can make a different resume for every place, but you may not want to. That may be too much effort because you may need to be going to apply, you know, 15, 20 places. The competition's really fierce, maybe, you know, based on what you're looking for. If you want to work at Google and Apple and Amazon, all of those are really hard companies to get into. So, you, you know, obviously you want to go to apply to those, but you need to keep looking at the same time. You can't put all your eggs in that basket. So you got to consider, you know, are you going to take 30 minutes to customize every resume to that job and apply to less jobs? Or do you want to have a little more uh, quantity of jobs applied to because you're not too specific on that company, but you're really specific on getting that, whatever, that sales job yeah. in that sector, and you apply to 15 companies in, you know, maybe two days versus apply to 15 in a total of seven days because you can miss out if... If you, you could have applied the first day and been probably really easily seen versus the fifth day and been the 45th applicant. Hmm. And so that's something to consider. Yeah, and yeah, that's actually a really good point too. It's like, you know, basically how wide do you want to make your net and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and so I, to consider quali quantity versus quality, I'm going to bring that up more in the, the, the part two in my personal yeah. experience and things that I feel that are what seems best for me. Yes, and again, you know, of course, last thing is, you know, you want to make sure whenever you submit your resume, whenever you hit send, whenever you hand it into the person you're handing to, however you get the resume to your potential future employer, is um, making sure it looks nice. You know, maybe getting a cover for it and all that. But more importantly, that you want to make sure that it's grammar and spelling is correct. So you know, maybe talk to somebody else, get somebody to proof it for you. But you know, don't spend like you know too much time on it. But you want to make sure it looks decent. You know, it looks like readable and eligible and doesn't look like a five-year-old made it. Yeah. You know, like maybe getting an old professor or old boss or maybe somebody you didn't know that's really good with um, grammar and spelling to check it out for you. Or you could, you know, use a website or something to go ch scan it and check it out. Definitely the easiest thing to do, I would say, is reach out to an old teacher. If you're going to college yet, you've got teachers from high school yeah. that you could reach out to. They would love hearing from their kids from the past. And then uh, if you're in college, you've got more recent connections, unless you've just got out of high school. And those ones are really good people. That's who I had. I had an old professor proof my resume mm. and uh, make some really good points. And uh, but you know, if I didn't was in college, I probably would have maybe reached out to a old um, high school teacher that oh, I had maybe. some relationships with. I mean, you have bosses. Some of you, some of them, like that boss, might be like not as close to be able to yeah. easily just send them like, hey, could you review my resume? Oh, if you, you maybe have that good relationship with that. Boss. Or maybe if you have a parent that's in a. That owns their own business or a relative that owns their own business, you know, you can be like, hey, can you just check this out for me real fast? Yeah, because I what think, you think it's important to try to get someone to look at it that's either real grammar heavy 
or someone who has professional experience of hiring maybe people. going over yeah, yeah. resumes and hiring people because you want to either really help out your grammar side of things because someone who's really good at that yeah, or I mean someone who's looking to hire people because they'll probably catch that stuff too but they'll also catch even the more technical resume stuff yeah. that's like well this this skill seems weird you set it up here and over here you should you don't need to put it twice yeah. for a different skill and uh, just like that okay so alright so we're so we've, we made our way to the end of the uh, our episode today. We had a little bit of a blooper there in the middle. We're going to have that come up here at the end of this little outro that we're going to do. If you want to listen to that, just stay around. It's, yeah. just, it's like 60 seconds long. It's kind of funny. Okay, so any, okay, so anyway, you guys, um, that's it for today's episode. The Job Searching 101 Part 1, the resume. It's, I think we're going to do is a three, potentially a four-part miniseries. Yeah. And our next part is going to be Part 2, the Job Hunt. And also... Um, if you guys want to reach out to us or anything or follow the podcast, go. You guys can do that at Instagram at for the long haul podcast, or you guys can email us at email us at gmail at ftlhpodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, you guys, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a good one. So, the funny part is that Brandon says he can't speak Spanish. Okay, I can't But he literally gets on the phone and, t- and speaks Spanish okay. with his family members. Which confuses me severely, because I'm like, I don't know, you either do or don't, and you speak just Spanish with your family on the phone, so. That's like broken Spanish.